Welcome to episode two of SMH Sports. I'm Josh. And I'm Steve. And today, we're going to talk about week one of the NFL season. We do have a special guest coming, our friend Jake Connolly, JC. Going to be doing the SMH My Head moment of the week with Exactly. Us. As well as bashing our take on his fantasy team because he was the highest scoring team in the league this week. 161 points. Pretty impressive. But uh, anyway, this week we were going to go over the games of week one, just our thoughts, our takeaways, and uh, what we think of the teams going into the future. So week one, uh, but Buccaneers-Cowboys was a Thursday night game. What was uh, what were your thoughts, Josh? So I think that we saw exactly what I thought I was going to see out of Zeke. Um, granted, he did not get a lot of carries. No. I think when he did get the ball, he looked explosive, but he didn't get – anywhere near what he used to get like two or three years ago with his production. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they were missing their best offensive lineman. Uh, Zach Martin was on the COVID protocol for that week. And the Buccaneers do have top five, maybe top three, maybe even the best run defense in the NFL. So I'm I'm not concerned about Zeke. I do think his best days are behind him, but I, I don't know. It's, yeah, like you said, what I'd expect of him in a game like that. When we see him play worse teams, I, I think he will definitely do better, but... What nothing, a, nothing to shout about with that performance. What What is your lifespan for a running back in the NFL to be top fifteen? A top fifteen running back? Maybe not even top fifteen, but top of their game. Top of their game. Honestly, I think running backs, especially recently, have usually been at the top of their game their first like two years playing, and then usually teams will pay running backs and they start to go downhill. Just I, I don't, it's a it's a grueling position. That's why oh. running backs don't play long. And me personally, if I was a general manager, I would not. Like the Jets with Le'Veon Bell, they made a huge mistake in paying a guy like him. Like you shouldn't pay your running back big contracts. I think you you can easily find one in the draft to replace to replace one. Especially uh, especially when Le'Veon Bell did get that uh, ACL injury with Pittsburgh. Uh, Todd Gurley, you know, I miss yeah. him. But we'll get to this uh, team, the Ravens. But they do have two former standout running backs with Le'Veon Bell oh, and Devontae yeah. Freeman, both. Or you mean uh, Latavius Murray? And Latavius Murray. Wait, did, I, I, wait, did the Ravens sign Devonta Freeman? They did sign Devonta Freeman. I did Freeman. not know that. They have all three of the guys. Wow, wow. that's a but, uh, washed backfield, if you ask the, me. The game itself, I think that the Cowboys' passing attack with Dak, I don't think there's any worries there. He looked pretty comfortable. He did have some unsavory throws. I'd say, yeah, he, he overthrew some players. Uh, C.D. Lamb had some drops early in that game, too. But all in all, like I, the Cowboys' offense was just what it was like last year. A lot of people were worried that uh, they wouldn't be as explosive, Dak wouldn't be as good. But against a defense as good as the Buccaneers, I'd honestly be very pleased with the Cowboys' offensive performance if I was Ex- Exactly. I mean, he didn't play all preseason, I don't believe, did he? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so, no. So first game back in about... Nine. I think months. he threw for over 400 yards, which is what he was doing he last did. year. They need to find more of a balanced attack, though. I know the Buccaneers are, have a great defense, but they need to find a way to take the load off of Dak a little bit and give give Zeke some more touches, see see what he can do. And, I mean, it wasn't like they were shying away from the running attack. Tony Pollard did outproduce Zeke. I, Tony, po- Tony Pollard has looked very good uh, these past two, maybe even three seasons as the backup running back. Honestly, if Zeke continues to struggle, I, I'd expect more reps for Tony Pollard in the future. But uh, but when Tom Brady put his head down, they, they hand to him on the, the sideline, the Cowboys should have known their fate. If I'm him, I'm doing that every game just so I can you know kind of like secure it. Yeah, it, it, when, you're, when a, another team scores a touchdown or kicks a field goal late in the game to go ahead and you see Tom Brady put his head down, you just need to say, well, I guess... 
Better luck next we're week. We're fucked, basically. <laughs> but reigning Super Bowl champs start off the season with a win in yeah. a game they were expected to win. Um, it was a pretty entertaining game to watch. But I it, agree, yeah. It was, it was a good, solid win for them. Yeah. Next up mm. is uh, your Eagles. Yeah, uh, honestly, I so a bunch of people were picking the Eagles to lose this game. I was I expected them to win this game because uh, I don't really like I I don't think the Falcons are a good team at all, and I think a lot of people are giving the Eagles flack for how bad they were last year. But you got to remember, we had thirteen different offensive line starting combinations last year. That's atrocious. Exactly. So we had. A, there were so many injuries these past few seasons, and honestly, I was expecting us to win, but I was not expecting how great of a performance the team had. Uh, Hertz was looked awesome. He very looked, few mistakes. He looked like a QB one. Looked comfortable, was mobile, made some very good throws. That one touchdown he threw to Goddard, uh, when it went through the linebacker's hand right in the end zone, on yeah. the run, on the roll to the right, he, it was across his body. That, that was probably the most impressive play he made all game for me. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Miles Sanders looked sharp, too. Devonta Smith, that first touchdown, like, that's, like, Did you see kind of stuff. Yeah, you saw it, right? He caught yeah. his first touchdown on the spot where he caught the game winner in 2018 for Alabama. I did not know that. I in did the not same stadium. Analysis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, I, I mean, as far as the Falcons go, though, I they mean. They blow. They're, they're bad. They're the, the linemen they draft. I mean, the Eagles do. The best part of our team, I still think, is the defensive line. And we absolutely abused their one guard, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. Like, we just wore them down. Um, but if I'm the Falcons, like, Matt Ryan's performance would definitely worry me yesterday. He just looked old and wasn't really able to – he didn't look like himself. And, and obviously, the, the protection was, was terrible. It looked like he missed Julio. Um Mike Davis didn't really do much in the run game department. He needs to get to Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts more because he has weapons. Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and um, Hayden Hurst, the tight end, is also and still a I'm good telling player. you right now, those wheel routes with Cordell Patterson could be lethal with his speed out of the back. Exactly. Cordell Patterson, I thought, was their best offensive player on Sunday. Um, in my I, I would agree because Kyle Pitts underperformed a little bit. Like That's on the back of Matt Ryan just because, like, Decision making, throws, all that stuff, but it's also his first NFL game against, you know, grown ass men versus college kids. Yeah. So it's gonna. Be a uh, I mean, he, he's gonna be a stud, no doubt about it. But uh, honestly, like there couldn't have been a worse debut for Arthur Smith, and there couldn't have been a better debut for uh, Nick Sirianni. Yeah, the Falcons. The Falcons are bad, but good teams beat the wheels off of bad teams, and that's what the Eagles did. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to the Eagles 49ers game next week. It'll be a good test to see how good this team really is. So yeah, speaking of a good test, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, playing my Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, and every single expert picked the Bills to win, and the Steelers came out and shoved it down their throat. Honestly, I I thought it was such a statement win because I mean. The Steelers' defense really proved that they might be the most feared in the league. Holding Josh Allen in this Bills offense that was almost unstoppable last year to only 16 points, like yeah. that's, it's, that's uh, impressive. The, having Melvin Ingram come off the side with uh, T.J. Watt is replacing Bud Dupree in a very good way. I Yeah, I agree. How, how did Melvin Ingram look? I didn't really see uh, I, I don't know his stats for sure, but I know he had <laughs> a couple of tackles for loss, and he, looked, he, he applied pressure with T.J. Okay. That's like good. he's gonna make it hard for teams to double TJ, if it means they have to leave him kind of unprotected. So that's what that's that's how the defense for the Steelers lives. Yeah. Like having two bulldozers right there, you know, it makes them have to fear both sides. And then you have Cam Hayward up the middle that leaves that open. It's just their defense is their strong suit. Yeah. But on the offensive side, I mean, 
Ben looked comfortable. He made a couple good throws for touchdowns. Uh, the one to Deontay Johnson where he bobbled it, it was in a place where only he could catch it. Yeah. Uh, the run game, uh, people are a little bit worried about Najee Harris, but again, it's his first game. Um, an encouraging stat I saw was he got 100% of the workload for running backs. Really? Yes. He got every single carry? Yep. Wow. Let me see how many yards per carry. He averaged He averaged less than three yards a carry. What, what was his 18-yard run? What did that look like? Uh, if I remember correctly, it was on our side of the field. He just kind of cut to the outside and just went up the sideline. Okay. That's what – he's really good at taking plays to the outside. Okay. So if he can do that, and if we can establish even the slightest run game, that's what we missed last year. That's exactly. what made us so predictable to throw the ball is that we could not run the ball at all. Well, especially down the stretch because, I mean, the Steelers were the best team in the league up until up until towards the end. I'm not Maybe not the best team in the league, but they had the best record in the exactly. league. Exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, honestly, this is a statement win. A lot of people were writing the Steelers off as, like, a middle of the road team. This a win against a team the caliber of Buffalo, like the Steelers are legitimate it's, again. And honestly, I feel like they're threats to win the AFC North. Everyone was titling or crowning the Browns already, but the Browns put up a good fight against the Chiefs. But the Ravens, they have some injury concerns. They did just lose to the Raiders, but uh, I, the Steelers, I think this was a very good win, not only just for the schedule, but I think if they was if there was any lack of confidence in them this year, beating the Bills right out the gate whenever everyone said they weren't going to. I think that kind of adds to their, their fire. I totally agree. I totally agree. Next up, we have the uh, Bengals-Vikings game. This game kind of pissed me off in two ways. How? I have Justin Jefferson in my starting lineup, and he got tackled at the one-yard line, so they uh-huh. punched it with Dalvin Cook. And I sat Jamar Chase because he couldn't catch shit in the preseason. And what does he do? He had over 100 receiving yards, Yep, right? and a touchdown. Yeah. So yep. didn't uh, The Bengals almost blew a lead, didn't they? Or They did, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they were up, I believe, They were up by 16? at least 10 at one point. Uh Let's see this. Um, yeah, at one point they were up twenty-one to seven, and then in the fourth they were up twenty-four to fourteen. But honestly, kudos to the Bengals. There was a lot of questions about Joe Burrow. Uh, he looked pretty sharp. He looked uh, really sharp. Joe Mixon too. I mean, with the bad offensive line, he's able to run for almost one hundred thirty yards. I always, Chase, like, I always hear it's his year. It's his year. I really hope it is his year. I, I do too. I mean, beating the Vikings isn't something to be proud of. They have. Last year, they had one of the worst defenses I've, I think I've ever seen. Uh, oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's still not that good. But either way, getting a win right out of the gate for the Bengals, I mean, a team that has not won a lot at all these past few years, uh, starting out 1-0 is a good thing for them, especially winning in dramatic fashion in overtime. Something that should give Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and their young core some confidence. And, I mean, the Vikings aren't, like, the worst team in the league. Like, they, they played a better—I believe that the Vikings are a better team than the Bengals. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. So I think that this win is good for them. Uh, they have a really young team. Mixon's getting up there now, but he's still in his prime age for running back, I would say, around that area. Uh-huh. I, I, I think Mixon's going to have a good year. I think Mixon still has two, three pretty very productive years ahead of him. Especially if they can uh, you know, not really rely only on the running game. That might yeah. open it up. But they have, a, they have a young offense with T. Higgins alongside uh, – yeah. Tyler, don't forget about Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, Pittsburgh boy, and then of course Jamar Chase. And I think exactly. that I think he shook all his uh, concerns off with that game. Mm-hmm. But Bengals solid win. Uh, I need uh, I need I need Jettas to not drop as many pass next week. That's true. That's true. I think I think he'll he'll bounce back. Now uh, bite kneecaps is what the Lions almost did. You know the 49ers <laughs> were up by I believe they were up 41-17 at one point yep. I think. And they they clawed their way back. They were they were. They had the ball with, I believe, 30 seconds left on the 49ers' side of the field. Goff threw a pick. Um, he threw a pick six at one point into triple coverage, right? Yeah, he did not have a great game. Yeah. 
but he did he did he did he did rally he did rally him back at the end here's the thing the lions are one of the worst teams in the league in my opinion but here's the thing dan campbell has such a personality as head coach that you see a lot of these bad teams especially like with the jets last year they just kind of gave up on their coach That'll not happen with the Lions. Dan Campbell has too much energy, too much of a personality. I feel like the players really rally behind him. And honestly, I'd be be pretty happy if I was the Lions coming back from a blowout loss and coming within potential to tie this game up and put it into overtime. Dan Dan Campbell is the coach where if he sees someone that doesn't want to play, he will tell them to give him his pads and say that he'll play in their place because he honestly has probably – I think he's the most fired-up head coach in the league. And that's what a a young – Rebuilding team like this needs. They did lose Jeff Okuda last year. They've lost. They lost and him this, this year. year. Too. I meant yeah. to say last game, but sure, last year too. But uh, I think it's a uh, ACL or Achilles. Okay, I, think okay, it's Achilles. Okay, I think it's Achilles injury. Yeah. Um. So that's gonna hurt them. But he also did kind of play like shit. He got chewed out by the uh, defensive coordinator, and then next drive he got burned by Debo. By Debo, yeah, Debo. Oh, Debo Samuel had a huge game. He oh. did have a very massive game under the radar too. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I think Debo Samuel is one of the more underrated receivers in the league. What do you think about Trey Lance's first play as a touchdown? Uh, I think it's it's pretty impressive. Uh, they did what the Bears failed to do, which is bring in Lance for a little play, and it works out, and it brings promise. And Jimmy G looked awesome in the process, we're, too. We're going to get to that Justin Fields conversation when that game comes. I got some shit to say about that. <laughs> we're going to get there. Yeah, but honestly, the 49ers looked strong up until the end. They kind of put their foot off the gas for a little bit. But uh, I, I think 49ers-Eagles next week is going to be a great I, game. I would I'm say looking forward to it. that even though there's a loser in this game, this was a good game for both teams. Yeah, no, I there's positive things to look to look at on uh, both ends, which the same can't be said about the next game we're going to talk about, the Cardinals-Titans The Cardinals game. blew the Titans back out, dude. That was atrocious. I mean— for the Cardinals, you got to be ecstatic. Chandler Jones with five sacks. The card, I didn't realize for some reason it just went over my head how good the Cardinals' defense really is. And they just got JJ Watt as well. Yeah, JJ Watt. Their defensive front is unstoppable. Buda they Baker, have a great, great secondary. Isaiah Simmons. They are actually loaded. I just realized that too. Uh, like they're one of the better. They're a dark horse uh, NFC contender. I feel like. Uh, I don't. With, I. This game, I think this takes him out of the dark horse conversation with this game. Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray scored five touchdowns. I think he ran for He's, one through for four. I would I would take him over Lamar on my team. I I agree. I think he's a better passer. I, he has so many. Well, he has more weapons than Lamar too. You got to think about that. He has, he does. But even though he runs like a duck sometimes when he holds the ball, <laughs> I believe he's just as mobile as Lamar, and he is a much better passer than Lamar. <coughs> I agree, and he has the best, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league, yes. DeAndre Hopkins. Size People, fourteen football glove, by the way. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. He has Christian Kirk, who I think is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league. He doesn't get enough respect. He and they bring in veteran A.J. Green, who didn't really do a whole lot. He was quiet, but uh, he still adds depth to the receiver position with the lack of Larry Fitzgerald. And I think that their running back core is going to work really well in a committee because neither running back has been a— well, James Conner was a lead back in Pittsburgh, but he had one great year, and then kind of just his body is not built for a lead back role in the yeah. NFL. I think that if he gets, you know, the limited snaps of a committee role, he'll stay healthy, and they're a team to watch out for. I, I agree. I said that about the Titans, too, and what the fuck. Yeah, I mean, my my thing with the Titans is I've had concerns about Derrick Henry. I feel like those, those big, powerful, bruising backs are elite for a couple years, and then they completely fall off this the This is why I chose Alvin Kamara over <laughs> Derrick Henry in fantasy. But, like... I, I don't know. Like I 
my first concerns came up in the wild card game against the Ravens last year when he averaged like two yards a carry. He was just getting stuffed. He's, I don't know if he loses some of his speed. I, he's obviously not going to lose his power, but when he goes up against good defenses like the Ravens, the Cardinals, he gets completely stifled. And he, uh, he's too big to be shifty. Yeah, he doesn't have like the elusiveness. His game is give me the ball and give me someone to shove. And if he kind of loses just a little bit of that edge when teams are preparing for him at full power. They're going to be able to push him aside easy. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of concerns. Uh, offensive tackle Taylor, Taylor Luan was not good. Uh, Julio he, Jones was completely silent. I uh, I was I personally was excited for Julio next to Adrian Brown. It, it's too early to judge because uh, the, Cardinals, the Cardinals came out hot. I mean, the Cardinals are out to prove something this year. After they were exciting last year, but they disappointed. They they kind of fell apart down the stretch. Um and and they're really out for blood this year. They're they're trying to win the NFC. They they've got an, an exciting team to do it with too. I think they can do it. And uh, <coughs> one of their other contenders with them is the Seahawks, who played the Colts this week. And in my mind, this was a relatively quiet game. Uh, it's it's basically what I expected to see from the Seahawks offense. Russell Wilson always starts out there, or at least the past few years has started out the year strong. Very strong. Uh, four touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf both looked good. It was what we were used to seeing of and the Seahawks, a return to form for the offense. For fantasy, Chris Carson silently, just because he didn't have a blowout game, he silently put up 91 yards. So he like he didn't get in the end zone, but he he got his yards. So the touchdowns are going to come, but he was surprisingly productive, and I think that they're going to have a really good year. And, uh, uh, the the one thing I will say about the Colts, though, their defense looked a little a little spotty at times. So that's that's typical to happen with uh, Russell Wilson. Um, when, when you're playing against him. The one thing I will say, Carson Wentz just can't seem to avoid getting sacked, no yeah. matter where he goes. He got sacked five times uh, in Sunday's game, and I, he got sacked more than any quarterback in the league, and he still didn't play three games last year. I could be very wrong on this, but I'm very, I'm fairly certain that Phillip Rivers did not get sacked five times all of last year. I mean, to be fair, they did. their left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, did retire, but I, who did they who did they replace him with? Let me look that up. I actually don't know that. But they also have Quentin Nelson up there. So, I mean, they have, like, yeah, very good protection. They have uh, – oh, they have Eric. So, Eric Fisher is out. Once Eric Fisher returns, he's obviously very capable, former number one overall overall pick. But, obviously, that will be an issue for the Colts. Uh, Wentz has had issues holding on to the ball. He didn't turn the ball over yesterday, uh, which is very good. But he holds on to the ball for too long, and that's something that definitely needs to be fixed down the stretch. Um I, see who I wish he would week. get. I want him to get his legs back, because whenever he yeah. was able to dart out of that, you oh. ever see the play he had against? Uh, I guess now the football team, but the Redskins. It was on a Monday night game. He was basically swallowed by like three defensive linemen, and he somehow gets out of it and runs for a first down. He he was amazing on on the Eagles. He's he's got another another tough defensive matchup with the Rams next week, which should be interesting to see. But oh. an 0-2 start for the Colts is the last thing that they need. Um. Next up, we have uh, the Chargers and Washington. So, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I like the Chargers' new head coach. He seems to have the, the locker room in a better headspace than Anthony Lynn did. Yeah. Um, Herb, Herb looked good. He looked, I'm not going to say he, he looked, like, outstanding, but he looked good. Well, the thing that I'll say about him is he threw he threw an interception earlier on in the game, and he, instead of letting that bog him down, he... Uh, he came back. He came right back out and came out strong. They, they didn't score a whole lot of points. The Reds, the football team does obviously have a great front four, maybe the best in the league, uh, with their defensive line. 
But I, uh, I, it, I saw a stat today. It was their rookie tackle for the uh, Chargers. There were, I believe, 29 plays put on him for uh, like pressure with like Chase Young in that front four. Zero, uh, zero hits on the quarterback. Really? From his side, yeah. Really? Um, the one thing I will say about the Chargers is they were notorious for losing close games last year. This is the kind of game last year I feel like they would have lost. Yeah. So it's definitely a step in the right direction for them as a team. Um, their, this, he, their head coach said... Uh, <coughs> Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, yeah. I did not know his name, but he said that they need good teams and the game with the ball. Exactly. Good teams and the game kneeling it down, and that's what they got to do. They got to hold on to their lead, and while the football team did lose Fitzmagic for a couple weeks, I... If Heineke plays okay, I don't see him getting his job back. Yeah, I mean, Heineke was awesome against the Buccaneers in the wildcard round last year. He got paid. Um, and honestly, yeah, I, I feel like it could go either way. That's not a devastating loss, uh, loss at QB. Obviously, if he struggles, they'll put Fitzmagic back in. But they have their options at quarterback. Nothing's really set in stone. They don't have a long-term answer at quarterback at the moment. Yeah, uh, good week one win for the Chargers, who I think personally have the best shot given the the Chiefs a run for their money in that division. I agree. If they're able to keep winning these close games rather than losing them, I, I think the Chargers could be an 11-12 win team, potentially. And the uh, the next game here is the Panthers versus the Jets. And like I said earlier, our special guest JC is here. Diehard Jets fan, would you like to say hi? How are we doing, everybody? Yeah. Uh, big fan of SMA Sports from the jump. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been around since day one. Even though this is only day two. But. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, around for two weeks. You know what? You take the lead here, JC. What did you think of the Panthers versus the Jets? All right. Well, as everyone knows, this was a, there was a big storyline coming out of this game as Sam Darnold v. Zach Wilson because the whole summer, Jets Nation was uh, pondering and fighting each other over uh, who their starting quarterback should be. What, what was your thoughts on uh, – did you think you should have kept Darnold or did you want to draft Zach Wilson? My original thoughts was uh, Zach Wilson was dog shit from just like what I've seen. And uh, like – um, before the whole thing happened. And I was like, Sam Donald, like, I feel like he needed an actual, like, O-line that could keep him up and, like, receivers. I knew Corey Davis could be that guy for him. But uh, after seeing Zach Wilson in the preseason, I, like, I trust in his um, upside he's got going for him. So after this pr- first game, even though Sam Donald's stat line might have looked a little bit better, I think uh, Zach is definitely was the better choice. Really, I I agree with that, but I'm I think Sam Darnold is the better quarterback, but I think that I mean at this point, yeah, because he has experience under his belt. I think you hit a wall at some point with the team, and you just have to like you're done. Like you need a change of scenery. Like I think that he would have still been on the decline if he stayed with the Jets. Um, He just needed to get out of there, and I think that it's better for both sides to a get a new quarterback in with a new coach, Robert Sala. You know, together I think they're gonna get a little chemistry going together well he also has um mike lafleur uh matt lafleur's brother as offensive coordinator right yeah he's a brilliant dude he's got he knows what he's doing yeah i mean from what i saw of this game it seemed like zach wilson got off to an atrocious start but oh, yes. uh almost rallied him back towards the end i uh, did uh i did like his touchdown throw to Corey davis yeah he had one on a nice he, little he, comeback he threw two to Corey davis i think both of the touchdowns were to him right the, the one i saw was a little rollout to the right about 35 ish yards down the field yeah yeah, yeah. and um He's, he's really good at extending plays and making sure that he doesn't kind of just waste the ball. Yeah. And that's going to take time to get better at, but he's, he showed flashes of it. He's got a rocket and for an arm, too. He does. Oh, boy. He, yeah, he was really sending it. And uh, the reason he's the, that whole Jets offense was so stagnant was because that whole line was absolutely, like, absolutely awful. Like, the, the Jets' line was? Yeah, Greg Van Rotten, whoever his name is, and uh, freaking <laughs> Connor McGovern. 
for an absolute ass. <laughs> like, what about they, was was Mackay Becton? Did he play well? Mackay Becton played for about a half, and then he got hurt. Oh he, really? Uh, he um, he's out four to six weeks for, oh. with some knee oh. injury. So oh, that line's bad. only getting worse. Oh no! And uh, yeah, so he got sacked six times. He got pressured on twelve dropbacks. Um, it wasn't a great showing for them, and that whole scheme is a zone run. So they need the running to really get off to a start, and they had 46 combined yards wow. on the ground, which did not help. Well, they also do have uh, rookie Michael Carter, so it's kind of like rookie QB, rookie wide receiver, rookie running back. Like, whole way around, they have a just fresh system that it's going to... It's going to take time to develop. The, Je- I, the, the Jets, Jets be are better not, than last year, but not... Better than last year, not good yet, but they have the keys that they need to keep. This is a team that can be dangerous if they keep adding pieces in the drafts, and they just develop what they have let's talk about sam darnold and the panthers though i mean i i thought he looked well he looked pretty good better than like any game he played last year for the most part oh well we can definitely <laughs> say that he uh he looked confident with what he had to do but also i think part of that was definitely matt rule had to have talked to him beforehand and said that he basically just needed to be a game manager on this team they don't need him to do too much because when he was on the jets he was doing too much yeah and that's how he ended up throwing so many picks every year and everyone kept saying how he was a bust i mean he has Arguably the best running back in the league, a very a very underrated receiving core. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that the, his relationship, one with uh, DJ Moore is increasing, but Robbie Anderson they work together in New York, so I think that having him back, he definitely missed him last year. Well, oh yeah, he threw that like sixty yard touchdown exactly. to him earlier on, and he did the jet celebration. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Robbie Anderson is one of the better deep threats in the league. Uh, honestly, I'm excited to see the Panthers. I don't think they're going to be a great team this year, but I can see them being fun, making a lot of plays. I like a lot of the players on that team. So especially the offense, so and they're definitely going to destroy the bad teams because they obviously can take the, the underneaths with uh, Christian McCaffrey getting ten yards of carry yeah. or ten yards of catch, and then if they start chumping up on that, Robbie Anderson will kill him over top. Yeah, I mean so. they, they should have no problems with teams like the Falcons this year. <laughs> yeah, teams with ass secondaries <laughs> like the uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, I don't know. The Eagles secondary was pretty uh, locked down uh, against that the Falcons. That is true. The Falcons. Uh, Cal- the, Cal- Cal- the Falcons Cal- Cal- are really one was of the worst clamped teams in the up. I will say that Calvin Ridley was clamped up. Um, all right, so all right. Next, we have possibly the most. Me- oh, I guess it was meaningful for Trevor Lawrence's first start. But any other wet reason, there was no reason to watch this game. The Texans and the Jaguars. Tyrod Taylor and his typical, why are you starting for this team role? Except we we do know why he's starting for this team because Deshaun Watson <laughs> likes to eat a little herky herky with the massage. But. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching Tyrod Taylor. He's so much fun. Yeah. I, the thing about Tyrod Taylor... He's not I, a bad quarterback. He, he's so underappreciated. No team wants him, and honestly, he played very well. If I'm the Jaguars, I'm worried. Uh, I've heard all these all these rumors about Urban Meyer just not having the locker room whatsoever. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, I'll give it to him. Like Transitioning from college to the NFL has to be difficult, because in college you can just get up in all these kids' faces. In the NFL, you're yelling at a 35-year-old. They're like, dude, I've got a family. I'm getting paid millions of dollars. You don't... You need to say this shit to me. And I, I don't know. Like, with uh, Trevor Lawrence, the way he played, a I typical he, rookie performance. I would go against that. I have never seen a typical rookie debut <coughs> where you launch the ball 51 times. 51 times. All right, that, you're asking too much of him, throwing the ball 51 times. But they were behind. But I'd say as far as his throws go, it was a little gunslingery. Uh, he you're, threw some very nice passes, some nice touchdowns towards the end of the game. He had, but, he had three picks, but, I mean, when you throw the ball 51 times in your NFL debut, you're going you're gonna to slip up. And you're on a bad team, too. Yeah. Um, when your best receiver is like Marvin Jones or... Uh, they, they, the DJ chart got, didn't really show out too well. They've got depth at receiver, but they don't really have any great players. They literally have every receiver they have, minus Marvin Jones, who I believe is a solid, solid receiver, Yeah, uh, is like just... What's the word they use? Bust out or... 
Breakout? Breakout. Bust out. <laughs> it's like a breakout. Like DJ Chark, he could break out. With this Chanel, he could break out. Like, you don't want these guys where you're like hoping they break out. Like, you want guys that you know are going to produce. And I mean, they're young, they're fast, but they just got to put all the pieces together and it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to be a rough year for Jacksonville. I just hope. I just hope the pressure surrounding Trevor Lawrence doesn't get to him, and Urban Meyer as well, because I know Urban Meyer hates losing. And he did uh, have his number one draft pick go down with an ACL injury. Yes, that's true. So is that Trevor Lawrence's first loss in uh, four years? Uh, first regular season first loss, regular season uh, loss? Uh, since probably like high school, his elementary said. school football days. <laughs> he said he's never lost a regular season game in high school or college. That's that's absurd. He better get used yes. to it. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to need to playing with the Jaguars. Yeah. Now, this was... Probably, okay, not the Texans and Jags game, but the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs was a rematch of a very good game back in the playoffs, and it was a very good game wherever they met up on Sunday. I thought that, well, for one, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey did not skip a beat. And Tyreek Hill had a fantastic game, too. He literally can put the Jets on, stop them, and then put them back on. Um, They're, They're the only guys they have, though. Like, they had to combine 19 catches together. For like Mahomes is something like twenty nine throws. Like CEH, uh, I, the, the the Chiefs' run game needs to improve. I they mean, need to. They had an, They just improved their offensive line over the off season. I wouldn't say. I mean, they lost Eric Fisher. They they did get Orlando Brown, which they lost Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. They brought in Orlando Brown. Didn't they bring in a guard too? They did. They they made improvements up front. I forget who else they added, but there was hype saying that you know. This is not the same old line that had Patrick Mahomes running around in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they they also had both their starting tackles missing in the Super Bowl. Exactly. And both of those guys are gone now. Yeesh. But they did bring in Orlando Brown, who I'd say is just equivalent to Mitchell Schwartz as at right tackle. Um, but overall, I'd say this I game w- was similar panic. enough to I wouldn't panic about year. Clyde. Uh, 14 carries. I mean, he's going to be their uh, main carrier back there. Belkow running back, but... This in, in games where the Chiefs typically play like the Chiefs and they're up by like 15, he's going to get carries. But the Browns gave him a run for their money. They were up 17-3 to three at one point, I believe. Oh, yeah, right at the start. Browns knew their game. I mean, Nick Chubb right up the middle. Like Browns, Browns will... They didn't even have OBJ. I believe that the Steelers are the second best team in our division behind uh, the Browns. I hate to say it, but one of those two teams is going to be winning this division. And... I would not bet against Cleveland just because they have an insanely stacked roster. They added Jadavian Clowney. They uh, they brought back their insane backfield with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, who I they were tremendously together. Oh, they were great last season, and they looked great uh, on Sunday. I, I mean, honestly, the takeaway that I have from this game is it was similar to the divisional round of last year. The Chiefs are still a slightly better team, but as the year goes on and the Browns, if they're able to pick up momentum, I, I feel like... If they meet each other in the playoffs, the result could be different. And Baker uh, Baker had 21 completions, and Jarvis Landry led the team with five. Everyone else seemed to have three. He was spreading the ball around really well. I uh, I like Baker as a person <coughs> and as a player. He's fun, and I think that he had a really good year last year. He might come out of his <coughs> shell even more. Bless you, Steve. Thank you. Might come out of his shell even more this year. Uh, both like both teams are going to be dangerous. I don't have any reason to think that either team is going to fall off. It was it was a great game to watch. Baker is like slowly just become so underrated because everyone shits on him so much for just like the Browns is like especially Colin Coward. Oh, Colin, of course, Colin, Colin Coward is just an idiot. 
Colin Coward has never made a correct take like in his life. I, I don't know just, why he's still on the internet. He's hot takes like uh, most, yeah, most of the guys on cable TV. That's he's like why, Stephen A. That's cable why I like TV. the internet guys. Cable <laughs> TV, Stephen. Cable TV. All right. Baker can throw, and like he he obviously has always been inconsistent, but. I, he, he's improved. I mean, other really than has. the year having Freddie Kitchens as his head coach, which was just a bad hiring in general, <laughs> Stefanski's a good coach. He I is. think I think Baker is good enough to be quarterback. Stefanski, with the Stefanski beat the Steelers in the wild card game coaching from his basement. Yeah. I mean, like, he's a good coach. I, I think both teams have something to look forward to this season. They're both in the hunt, and they're both hungry. To the Alabama matchup, you got Tua for the Dolphins and Mac Jones making his debut for the new-look Patriots. Uh, what did you think out of this game? Um, honestly, my takeaway, the one interview I heard, Jason McCourty, who's now on the Dol- the Dolphins quarterback, said that Mac Jones was probably the best player on the field for the Patriots, which is a very good thing to hear if you're a Patriots fan. Obviously, they didn't come out with the win, but not turning the ball over, uh, completing, only having 10 incompletions, 29 to 39, 281 yards and a touchdown, no, no turnovers. It's clear that they made the right choice going with him over Cam Newton because that's better than just about any performance Newton had past like week two of last year. I was going to say, before he got COVID last year, he was kind of a killer. <laughs> that was only two games, though. Um, and, and honestly, Mac Jones, at this point, stage in his career, is clearly going to be the better passer and has the brighter future out of those guys. So I, I think Bill Belichick, throughout his entire tenure with the Patriots, has always made difficult decisions, uh, whether it's cutting Randy Moss, uh, cutting Lawyer Malloy. He's done some things that may not be popular with the team at the time, but in the long run, his experience, he always knows what's best for the team. And I think cutting Cam Newton was probably what was best for the team at this point. Even though they did lose and the Dolphins are probably the better team now, I feel like if they play each other again later in this season and Mac Jones keeps improving, that the Patriots the Patriots are, are a dark horse playoff contender. I think they're, they're a good team. They made a lot of moves in free agency. I, I think this loss two, is not uh, going to be ashamed of Two about. new tight ends with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. And uh, for the Dolphins, JC, you have uh, Jalen Waddle on your fantasy team. How do you think How do you think he did? Yeah, like that was coming out in the first game as their – he looked like the number one receiver. He, he Devontae Adams had more targets. Devontae Parker. Parker. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. But, uh, yeah, Jalen Waddle, they, they threw him in the slot. They were saying talking about that over uh, preseason, how they were going to try moving him around because he's so quick. But uh, – Four the man catches, looked nice. Four catches, sixty-one yards, and a touchdown. Rookie debut. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Not even. Yeah, like his yards after the catch just looks so well. Um, well, pe- people forget that he was he was touted over Devontae Smith at Alabama, but he hurt his foot for that championship game. And he, I, was, he was still drafted ahead of him. Exactly. Too. He was uh, sixth pick. I, think. I thought he was going before Jamar Chase. If I'm gonna be honest, I, I thought he seemed so much more athletic. And he doesn't have a problem with the ball being too big or whatever. But uh, <laughs> now you can't see the stripes on the ball. Yeah, the oh, stripes. Oh yeah, that's the problem. Honestly, though, for uh, all three rookie wideouts, like the top ten, uh, you had um, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith. They all looked very solid. Looked like, very I, solid. I feel like all teams should be happy with the picks that they made. Oh yeah, I, I'm definitely glad. The first team to not was probably the Giants. Like, yeah. I really don't know what they were thinking. Obviously, he's a, he's a talent, but uh, now uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's the, actually yeah. move on to that game what next the, before. before uh, this I, I, I want to talk about that one first, real quick. Okay. What the fuck is happening in Green Bay, dude? What um, the fuck? They just were, I guess, not prepared a- Dude, at all. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers looks like he showed up from the beach and grabbed the helmet and went on the field. I mean, that's that's basically what it was. There was obviously drama all summer, him going on vacations with Miles Teller. Great actor. I love the movie Whiplash. But that's not what you're supposed to be doing. As, uh, as a quarterback, the franchise quarterback, he was getting criticism from a lot of people, and he's saying he's going to prove the doubters wrong. Obviously, 
it's a long season. Um, and if I'm going to compare this to any other game, I'd compare it to the Saints-Bucks game of last year where the Saints beat them the exact same score, 38-3. to Everyone was writing off the Bucks after this game. They're saying, oh, Tom Brady's washed. After this game, everyone's saying Aaron Rodgers is washed. Obviously, this is not a good sign he's, for the Packers. I, he's not he's no he's not washed. They were near washed. No, but no, but there's definitely cohesion. not even cohesion. no. Colli- collision? Yeah, collisions of heads in that uh that front office and locker room, you know. I think that the fact that everyone knows Aaron Rodgers doesn't really want to be there, it makes it like it makes it hard for the team to gel. Like his heart not being there, he's obviously gonna play slightly different. He's still a great quarterback, but I mean, here's the thing. When I saw him post the picture of uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, that signified last dance for me. I thought he was going to give it all. Devontae Adams posted the same picture. Yeah, exactly. I thought those guys were going to give their all. Obviously, this week was incredibly disappointed, but I I think the Packers will be able to bounce back. It was obviously a a very rough showing. It was the worst performance out of any team in week one, the biggest blowout. But let's talk about how Jameis Winston ate that W. LASIK. If you need LASIK, this is your sign to get it. Did you see what this man did? Five tutties. Exactly. JC, I mean, what do you think about Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston, like, everyone was worried because of his decision-making and all that. But, uh, you know, the man, he can ball. He's got he's got an arm. He, know, he can throw the ball deep. And that's literally what this Saints offense is. They obviously got Kamara, so everyone's always got to respect that. But they got these receivers on the outside. Uh, they got everyone. Even when they start coming back, I'm so worried for teams later in the season when Traquan Smith comes back, Michael Thomas, they start learning how to use Marquez Callaway. Like that team is gonna be able to throw bombs. I want to compare Jameis Winston to what Steve said earlier about Sam Darnold. I think that he was doing too much in Tampa Bay, and I think that Sean Payton and the year he had watching Drew Brees just manage the team and the game. I think that that kind of gave him a new vision on how to be a head like a head quarterback on a good team. So I think that he's kind of looking at this different. He took a different aspect. He kind of knows that he lost his job and he's getting a second chance. And I think that sitting behind Drew Brees and kind of just taking in how he was the sheriff for that offense and how he acted and how he used his great running back instead of just launching the ball every game. I mean, Drew Brees said on a uh, telecast, man, the long ball is what the Saints (laughs) were missing. I was like, oh, Drew. Well, here's the thing that I have taken out of this with Jameis Winston. I've always been a fan of him. He puts in so much work, and I feel like he never really got much respect. And, and I mean, his head coach, his first few years was Dirk Cutter. No one really to, to scream about. And then he had Bruce Arians his one year in Tampa Bay. But I saw an interesting stat with Bruce Arians. His first year coaching quarterbacks, they make a lot of mistakes. Whether he was in Pittsburgh with uh, Ben Roethlisberger as their offensive coordinator, he threw a lot of interceptions his first year. Carson Palmer with the Cardinals. It happened all the time. Uh, even Tom Brady last year in the regular season, he, there was an adjustment period. Tom Brady threw like people 13, were, 14 people interceptions. People were like, talking about it like he's throwing so many picks, and then they said it. They were like, Bruce Arians airs this some bitch out. Like, he throws the ball. Like, Tom Brady's not used to that. So he had to kind of go back. He, he handled it better than Winston did, obviously, because he's a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. But Winston's kind of taking the reverse role from having to air it out every play to, you know, I got Camara, wheel route, I got short options, you know. And then that leaves his bombs away plays open, mm-hmm. and he kind of sees, you know, I might not have a 30-30 season if I play it this way. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, I think Sean Payton is more like Drew Brees, especially towards the end of his career, really uh, minimized his mistakes. I, I think, obviously, he's not going to be throwing 30 interceptions because Winston's more of a gunslinger. Uh, throwing the ball with Bruce Arians, as I was saying, those quarterbacks threw more interceptions. Winston was obviously way more than anyone else just because oh. he was – 
launching the ball deep all the time. He still threw for 5,000 yards. He still threw 30 touchdowns. The guy has talent, and I think with the sitting a year behind Drew Brees, getting to learn a system where with a very good coach, I think this means great things for the Saints. I personally, with this next game, <coughs> you might not agree, but this player had the single most impressive outing this week, and that is Teddy Bridgewater for me. Teddy Bridgewater with the Broncos? Yeah, I mean... The stat line is not insane. You know, it's a very average game. I wouldn't say that's... 28-36, 264 yards and two touchdowns. That's that's a pretty it's, good stat line. And But the thing is, I watched the game, and there were plays where he got yards out of it, even one touchdown, where he was making defenders miss in the backfield, scrambling and throwing throws that some quarterbacks wouldn't throw. They would just tuck it and take take the sack. But yeah. He was evasive, and he was elusive. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a fighter. I'd expect nothing else from him. He got uh, his. He, got, he, has to, he needs to get a smaller helmet, dude. His helmet got knocked <laughs> off, I think, three times yesterday. Wow. Or you Sunday, hate, whenever. Oh, the injuries there. You hate to see Jerry Judy go down like that. Yeah. That's, that's, is that a season-ending injury? Well, I, I heard he got carted off. Uh, he. You know, it's not supposed to be season-ended, but he's gonna be out for a little bit. I think I saw four he's, to six. Yeah, he's getting multiple uh, opinions on whether he's got to get surgery or not, but. Uh, he you know, was such a great player last year to watch. Like all that, uh, every time he would catch the ball, the play was not done. Yeah. Um, but you know who that we get to see. KJ well, now number one. Yeah, KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler. Him and Cortland Sutton on like on the outsides. That is gonna be. That's the one thing that uh, the Broncos have going for them in this terrible situation where you know a receiver goes down. They had surprisingly good depth at the position. They have a, still a fairly solid one-two. People forget Cortland Sutton was really good before he got hurt and you know if he just bounces back the way he did and continues that production he'll be a very capable wide receiver one with KJ with his speed and I mean you got big body Noah Fant and I think people are slowly writing the Broncos off but the Broncos have quietly become a good team in these past couple years I think if Bridgewater is able to outperform Drew Locke like he will, significantly yes then the Broncos could secretly be a good team and e- even I know this might sound like a hot take if they really overperform, I think they could potentially sneak in as a wild card team. I could see that. I could see that. Obviously, you have the Chargers and the Chiefs, you know, ahead of you in that division. But uh, it's going to take some time. But the Broncos are definitely, definitely a team to watch out for. And I mean, Teddy Two Gloves always has some magic up his sleeve. I think that wild card is going to be impossible to get into, though. I mean, yeah, the AFC, especially the division, the AFC West is just amazing in general. AFC is going to be so strong. I know. They, there's going to be so many teams that you're going to want to be on that edge that are just not going to make it. Yeah. Like the Chargers, but, you were I saying mean, before. Yeah, nonetheless, uh, like I, I think it was a very impressive win for the Broncos. That's what you want to see. But let's let's shift focus to the Giants. Do you think that Daniel Jones, I obviously was not impressed by his performance. He but fucking his sucks. Fumbles, his fumbles are too much. I don't want to say he fucking sucks. I'll I just say think, it. He fucking sucks. He was not worthy of the sixth overall pick. And the time is now. With a big market team like New York, patience is short. And with how bad the Giants have been the past few years. Steven, he fucking sucks. He has the year to prove himself. I'm not going to judge him after one game. He showed flashes last year. He has the weapons now. Obviously, I'm not going to judge him after one week, but he needs to improve. He's an athlete, but he just doesn't know what to do with it. He fucking sucks. He's got got somewhat of an arm. He's not crazy. He's got got wheels, obviously. I personally love Kenny Galladay. I think he is an outstanding wide receiver. He's an underrated wide receiver. And who, he, who was the receiver they drafted in the first round this year? That was um that dude. Uh, um, Booker? No. He didn't even get a... Get a Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they obviously was, wanted Devonta Smith, but we, yeah, we jumped now, ahead. 
when they uh, Eagles jumped them, that was that was the craziest thing of the draft. Cause I, I thought the Giants had it on lock. Yeah. But uh, drafting Kadarius Tony that early for a team that like had so many other needs, and they got Kenny Galladay and Evan Ingram like obviously has those dropping problems. They got Darius Slayton. So they had enough weapons where they could have addressed something else. Yeah. Like edge. But, I mean, I feel like their defense was str- is stronger. They have some weapons on defense, but um, I will say you're saying Daniel Jones has a season. I agree, <coughs> and I think that this is his last season. If he doesn't prove anything, the Giants need to look for. I other think options. that his timetable for improvement is this is year following Saquon's timetable for more touches. Yes, I think that once Saquon gets more back to where he was involved in the offense. It'll take some pressure off of Daniel Jones. Um, but this is his make-or-break year. Um, so we're going to see where he goes with that. And you were, you guys were just talking about how the Eagles jumped over the Giants to get Devontae Smith, and it paid off great for them. Kadarius Tony, two catches, negative two yards. He was the fourth receiver taken. That's, I mean, that's, that's the worst. We were talking about how great those other three receivers played. I mean, obviously <sighs> he had less hype around him, but uh, I don't know. We'll it's see. it's this the Giants is a big question mark this year. I'm I'm honestly looking forward to seeing them in uh, Washington's game on Thursday, just to see which team is able to uh, own up to it. So yeah, to look to look better, which team which is the better team? Because I'd say they're on even par right now. Because I think the Eagles and Cowboys are the best teams in the, the division by far after watching Week One's games. Yes. And while uh, JC did say that the Eagles made the biggest move by jumping up to get Devontae Smith, I say that the Bears made a really really big move jumping up to get. Justin Fields, because, you know, their whole quarterback situation with Mitch and now Andy Dalton, but they won't fucking play Justin Fields just yet. And I agree, don't start him against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but the kid is good, and he needs to play for the team. I mean, I, I feel like this this year for the Bears is really just kind of a transitional year. Um, they're really not contenders. They have some – their offensive line is – Lacking because they lost Leno. It's just not what I want to uh, hear, Steve. It's not what I want to hear. I mean, it's it really is a rebuilding year. It's sad to say the defense is still good, even though they looked atrocious the other night, uh, letting having numerous like deep uh, coverage breakdowns, especially that Van Jefferson touchdown. Uh, Cooper Cup had that long play. Uh, that was a touchdown too, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say in total. Matthew Stafford looked awesome. Matthew on the Stafford Rams. looked loose and ready to win. Yeah, the Rams. Honestly, this was everything you could have asked for in a, uh, out of a game from them. I mean, the the offense looks back to the high high power that it was before. The defense looked just as strong as last year. Obviously, I'd say they missed Cam Akers in the run game, but Daryl Henderson still did a solid job. He did everything. Like yeah. they didn't need Sony Michelle at all. No, I I don't think he got he didn't get that many touches. He did got he? one carry. Oh. Wow, uh, Daryl Henderson got 16. So they really showed who they were going to feature for that uh, that run game. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It, we'll see what the future holds, but uh, at least for this game. Very true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about with your team, you know, new quarterback, new scene. I think that's the same case here for Matt Stafford. I mean, he still put up numbers in Detroit, but I think that he's going to thrive a lot more in L.A. Yeah, they showed him at the beginning. Um, he obviously was struggling a little bit. Like, I'm not – I'm not, obviously he had a fantastic game first quarter – he doesn't really look comfortable with the play actions and rollouts, so he's still trying to get a handle of that because that's big in Sean McVay's offense. But when he was getting it going and he was able to roll out left and bomb it down to Cooper Cup down the middle of the field, that's what they need from him. And he was showing that he was showing that he can do it, but like he still needs time to really get himself in that scheme. As far as the Bears go, do you think this might be Matt Nagy? If 
Matt Nagy and the Bears have a dreadful season, let's say. Do you think this they might uh they might cut the cord with him? I do not think so. I uh, think cuz I thought they were going to at some point midway through last year and then they were able to rally towards the end of the season make that surprise playoff. Just appearance. Justin Fields will take over at some point early-ish in the season and I think that it determines What if they wait until like halfway? Let's say the Bears uh, for some reason he doesn't pull the trigger and the Bears are like 1 and 7 or something. I personally think that once they get, you know, three, four games below 500, he's going to be forced to. Yeah. But I think that they're not judging his coaching abilities off of Andy Dalton. I think this is just like a trial period for the team. I think that they're going to judge how he coaches with Justin Fields because that's the future quarterback. And if he shows success with Justin Fields, even though the record doesn't really reflect that, I think that he stays around and Mm -hmm. gets to have a full training camp, full year with Justin Fields, maybe add some more firepower, but... I think that this is again just a transitioning year, and it's not all on Matt Nagy. I don't. I don't think Andy Dalton's as bad as some teams or as some people put him to be. Though I, he honestly was solid enough with the Cowboys yeah. for how how long he was there. The Bears could easily win a few games with him, depending on their schedule. And, Andy Dalton is a very capable quarterback, but I just think that Justin Fields is so explosive that no matter like you know if Andy Dalton plays adequate, that even still at some point they're going to bring in Justin Fields just because it's like okay. We see what we can do with Andy Dalton. Bless you, Steve. Thank you. And uh, they're going to think, you know, Justin Fields, it's your time. Once the, I think once the O-line proves that it can protect Andy Dalton even a little bit, it'll be time for Justin Fields because that, that's their main concern is making sure he doesn't get put in and pummel right off beat. All right. That run game, though, they did that, – that Bears run game is, has always been, like, so questionable forever. And David Montgomery and Damian Williams finally kind of stepped up. So that I, Justin Fields I, offense is definitely gonna need to be like RPO heavy to kind of get him confident. When is the Bear, when the Bears had like a I questionable run game? I should wring your neck for saying that. I got a Matt Forte. I have a Matt Forte jersey. Matt Forte, it. Jordan Howard were Matt Forte were, was washed. Matt, Matt, well, Matt Forte. No, he was he, on the when team he was like old, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt, you're thinking Matt Forte on the Jets. You're thinking Matt Forte on the Jets. Matt Forte was on the Jets. Yes. Matt Forte turned fucking eighty and he got washed. That happens. But whenever he was like still in his prime, you know, like ball skittle dinner, orange jersey. He was honestly top ten, maybe even top five running back. He was a great fantasy running back. Last two years. He was Christian McCaffrey before Christian McCaffrey came into the league. That's what he was. You can't say David Montgomery had good seasons like previous. Years. I, he he really he, turned it all, turned it second on. Like half the, of second last half year, of last year, he went nuts and it, he picked off from there at the start of this season. So I feel very confident with how he's going to play this year. And I think you know, if that O line holds up, he won't be a hundred yard rusher every game, but he'll get sixty. I can see him having you know games where he gets like thirty five, but I think that he'll average a pretty good amount. But again, if the O line kind of folds, then I mean, this kid has a high pitched voice and he wears braces. So you look at him, you just want to tackle him really hard. I think hey. that's how the defense looks at him. Hey, I think he's good enough to, to beat those doubters, though. Uh, oh, honestly, he is. the Bears, uh, uh, JC, that, that was just a fallacious claim you made there. I mean, Jordan, Jordan Howard. I should look for some stats. Jo- like, Jordan Howard. Every time was, I turn them on TV. Clo- Jordan Howard was close to leading the league in rushing for like two years with the team. I don't know. Every time I looked, it seemed like he was so inconsistent. They no can... Matt Forte slander is allowed under my roof. I'm just All putting right. that out right now. That man would eat on Thanksgiving and not just at the table. I'm telling you right now, he was a dog. All right, let's move on to what was the last and possibly Steve, the best game Steve, of the week. Steve left me to go watch fucking Game of Thrones. Hey, you can't – anyone on here is wa- who's watching this or listening to this who has seen Game of Thrones knows that this is not the, – the game seemed over. My, my roommate really needed, wanted to watch Game of Thrones. We're nearing the end of season one. So. Fuck you, John. You know what? 
You made him miss such... Okay, this game, you're telling me the Raiders thought they won the game, and uh, was it Josh Jacobs, I think, was down at the half-yard line. They got a penalty call on them, took him back seven yards. Derek Carr, off the fingertips of, I don't even know who, he's number 17, picked. And then Carl Nassib, is that it? What? Is that Carl Nassib? Carl Nassib. Nassib. He came in, punched the ball out of Lamar's arms, and then you know what? It set up the uh, the Raiders for Derek Carr. I don't know. I saw this throw. He did not have either foot situated. He just threw that bitch up, and it was a dot to Zay Jones, and they walked it off. I, I remember calling my friend who's a Raiders fan after they turned the ball over in the end zone. He was like, I don't want to talk about this. Fuck you. Eric, I love you. And then he called me back five minutes later, geeking, because in five minutes – the Ravens turned it back over, and the Raiders, I mean, for the Ravens, I would be a little bit worried because you are a better team than the Raiders, and you lost. They just have, I mean, they have a lot of injuries. Uh, that, that's the one thing I will say to them. I, obviously, that was a wild finish to the game, but, I, dude, the Raiders' o- offense is pretty high. Latavius Murray signing on Thursday and getting 10 touches in this game is kind of wild to me. I mean, it is, but, like, as a running back, that's, like, one of the least important positions when it comes to, like, fair running enough, the system. Fair enough, But, uh, this is... A great first week of NFL football. I think there was a lot of exciting games. And, I mean, the Sunday night football game, Monday night football game, I mean, was a really, really nice way to cap it off. Um, You know, you got to see a lot of teams play up to their potential, below their potential, and, you know, you saw some teams break out a little bit. Um, But, of course, some coaches, some players did SMH their head, and now it's our turn to SMH our heads, and we're going to lead off with Steve here with his SMH moment of the week. Well, the SMH my head moment of the week would have to be when I was driving home from uh, Washington, D.C. I visited my girlfriend this weekend, and I was driving. Uh, the directions told me to, to follow this road, and I go there, and I'm, and I'm driving under this bridge, and this is D.C. traffic. Everyone's doing all sorts of crazy things, going on stop signs when it's not their turn, and I'm getting stressed out. I'm going under this bridge for a few miles, and when it tells me to make my turn... In a few, in a few, uh, a few feet, I see that there's this blocking entrance. It turns on. It turns out I was supposed to go on top of this bridge, and everyone behind me did, had the same idea. So there's just kind of this like jumble of cars by this like blocked off entrance, saying, "Well, fuck, we gotta turn around, and I gotta go on this fucking bridge." And that sent me back like 20 minutes on what was a four-hour drive home. And I also was on the road highways for like 70, 70 miles at a time. Just not a quality time. Had a great time this weekend with my girlfriend, but terrible ride home. Not a quality time. All right, our first ever guest SMH my head moment of the week is JC. JC, let it rip. All right, uh, I mean I haven't been SMHing my head too much this week. Um, Proud of you. Yeah, it's, it's been a good week. I, I I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'd say probably the the first one that comes to my mind has got to be. Uh, this Sunday, um, we're doing a fundraiser, and um, we are uh, a part of Club XC Thon. He is talking about that. Oh uh, yeah, go uh, go support. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, uh, get on donor drive. But um, uh, I, I'm part of the, one of the uh, the four organizers of these events, and um, we're, some people just weren't really on top of their stuff. Before we're gonna say, it. and um, we actually didn't have a single result of like where people finished. We got like half of the people where they came in. Because no one actually wanted to come up and like come in a line, so I guess that was that was a that was a rough time. Not a funny funny moment, but like it was stressful because no one knew yeah, what they were that, doing. That, that does not. That would like definitely make me estimate my head. And uh, mine, 
So I went to my first uh, first ever Penn State football game this weekend. Blew the brakes off of Ball State as we should. It was very nice. I got to watch it with my girlfriend, Caitlin. And uh, something she always tells me is put on sunscreen. And, you know, she didn't tell me this time. And, I mean, I shouldn't have to rely on her to tell me, but I didn't put it on. And, you know, we got back from the game. Um, she looks at my forehead after I take the hat off. And she's like, huh, look what's up. So I look at my camera. There is a fat-ass tan line where my hat was. You just see it stop. Like, half my like half my forehead is kind of reddish tan, and then it's just pale above that. And obviously, I don't want to wear a hat all the time. So every time I go out, it's still there a little bit, but uh, I'm definitely estimating my head because half my half my forehead is a different color than the other half, and it's, it's not a fun time. But, uh, you know, I like to say thanks to JC. Being yeah, our thank, first thank ever guest speaker. Of course, God, we could do it. You got to tell Frank to quit being a bitch. You know, he went to bed at 9.30 instead of coming to do this with yeah, us. He might have early classes. You never know. No, nah, he said he ran nine miles and was tired. Uh, that's, that's fair. That's I, mean, fair. I would be tired too, but still, fuck you. Yeah, he'll be. He'll come on later. Many, many more times. But uh, we hope you enjoyed your time here, obviously. He's wearing his Elijah Moore jersey for good luck. We had to come ready. Had to always come ready. Open for that one and one next week. Who do you guys play anyway? Next week we are playing the Patriots. Oh, should so, be a good one. Yeah, not another battle of the rookie QBs. Yeah, battle of rookie QBs. Mac Jones and Zach Wilson both start out 0-1. Hopefully one of them will have their career yeah, stats. Yeah, we, we do not want we do not want 0-1 and one for that. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so but, this uh, this weekend we're going to be going go Birds, go Lurs, let's go Jets, and of course we are Penn State as we take on Auburn White in the Whiteout game. College game. Everybody. Back. Listening here, please shoot Steve a text. Friday, happy 21st birthday. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> happy birthday, Steve. We will see you guys next time.